Are you ready to talk baseball? Well, step up to the plate. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime. And here's your host, Walter. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Hope you are doing well, staying safe, and being healthy out there. And you can hear the excitement in my voice. All right. We are getting through spring training. We're getting closer to opening day. But that's not the only reason why I'm excited. By the way, we're going to be talking with Adam Copeland of KMBR 680. Going to be talking with him. So I'm excited about that also. Any any time that I can speak with uh, with Adam is a, is a good time. It's a good time. We're going to have fun on this podcast. But that's not why I'm excited. The reason why I'm excited is because the traction around baseball is that we are possibly, possibly going to have fans opening day at your home ballparks minus Toronto. I'm sorry, Toronto Blue Jays fans. They're going to be in Florida. But home ballparks across the league, it looks like right now it's about at 24, 26 teams that have confirmed Opening day, we'll have fans. I really hope that this happens. California teams, I think, are still waiting. Still waiting to uh, get into a safe tier for outdoor sports venues. But that's the thing that I want to, to ask is, would you guys be willing to go to a ballpark April 1st, which is opening day? Would you be willing to go? I'll tell you right now, I was talking with a buddy of mine and, and he was like, hey, you know, what What if, would you, would you go to a game right now? And I was like, probably. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Because when was the last time anyone has seen, and I guess it depends on where you are, because if you're in Phoenix, if you're in Arizona, if you're in Florida right now, you're seeing live baseball. And where was it not too long ago? I want to say that uh, that some some kids like so, someone was practicing uh, for spring training. I, I want to say it was like Trevor Bauer and and some guys. They were doing like a uh, a uh, a pickup game, like a Sandlot style game. There were some people that saw it, but when was the last time that you saw live baseball? I. It's been a while. I want to say the last game that I've been to was Bruce Bochy's farewell. That was literally the last game. You know what year that was? It was 2019. Because I didn't see any live baseball last year. We didn't get to the season. I saw it on TV, but that's not live baseball. That's that's me watching it on TV. That's why it's not live. It's live TV, but it, you, you get what I'm saying. I'm not there. I can't smell it. <laughs> I can't hear all the sounds, the authentic sounds of the ball off the bat, ball hitting the mitt. It's different. It feels different. So when was the last time that you've seen it? Probably around that same time. Maybe, hell, even longer for some of you. So when you talk about reintroducing baseball and having that opportunity to go see a game, yes, I understand that there may be some risk, but I am of the belief that I, I think that the protocols that they set in place, and, and again, I got to see all these protocols that they put out there, but the protocols that they put in place, 
I think will allow us to feel comfortable. But I'm ready, man. I'm ready to go to the ballpark. I'm ready to hear the sounds of baseball again. I'm ready for that beer, that $12 beer. I'm ready for it. <laughs> Are you guys ready for it? Because I am. I'm going to ask Adam. I, I, I think he's ready for it too. I've talked to him off, off podcast. I think we're both ready. We're ready for that to happen. Because fortunately for him, he was able to see live baseball last year, spring training. Because he went the week before or two weeks before I was supposed to go. Shutdown literally happened the day before I flew out. I want to say it was tw- 27 hours before I flew out to Phoenix. Because I was flying out the day after the shutdown happened. I was flying out at 9 o'clock out of Oakland to Phoenix. And it didn't happen. So I am itching for some baseball. I really am. And I can't wait. I can't wait for it to happen. We are a little bit under three weeks, or I guess three weeks away from baseball being brought back into our backyards. But that's my question to you guys. Are are you comfortable? Would you go to a game? Because, hell, I even saw... I even saw Disneyland is, is possibly opening up at some point in April. And that's a, a whole other conversation. If you know me, if you know me personally, and even if, you, even if you don't, I'll tell you right now, I'm a huge Disney fan. Huge Disney fan. And me and my girlfriend, we used to go damn near every other month. We were a bit crazy. But YOLO, like, what, what are you going to do? Save your money? Nobody does that. <laughs> YOLO, you only live once, all right? So we were going every other every other month. We had annual passes, so it was it actually made sense. It paid for itself eventually. And literally all you had to do was was pay for for a flight and a hotel room. Which are probably the cheaper things when you put in perspective of tickets and and food, merchandise. That's probably the cheapest thing that you'll have on the Disneyland trip is the flight and the hotel room. But they're possibly opening up. And I was having a conversation with uh, with my girlfriend before it was announced. And she was like, oh, yeah, no, I might, I might want to wait. Then they come, they come out and put out a statement. Yeah, Disneyland might open or, or is looking at an opening, limited capacity, April 1st or, or mid-April. Then she hits me up. Yeah, I'm ready to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's it's all nice to think about when it's not a possibility, but then as soon as it becomes a possibility, it's like snap of the fingers. Mentality has changed. You're ready to go. Oh, and I want to know how many of you have that have that mentality. Because man, did I miss Disneyland? Man, did I miss baseball? And now that you're teasing me with a possibility, it's not even 100% that it'll be April 1st yet for both Disneyland and for for baseball, for uh, Oracle Park more specifically, because that's, that's, where, that's where I'm at, Oracle or the Coliseum. But if I had to pick, where, where would I be going? <laughs> I'm going to Oracle. 
But as soon as you float that in front of my face and give me a 0.2% chance. By the way, that's the chance that the Giants have of winning the, winning the division this year. 0.2. Hey, you're telling me there's a chance. Same mentality. You're telling me there's a chance that we can get some live baseball in under a month, in three weeks, a little over three weeks. I'm down. I'm ready. And if you're a part of that, if you're a part of that group, let's get our little pod together and let's go to the ballpark. Let's have some beers. Let's have some, uh, some garlic fries. I'm ready. I am ready. I'm ready. I'm, I am ready to see some live baseball. It's been way too long. And I cannot wait back to the ballpark and maybe... You know, sit down and, and have a beer. Have a few beers. Double fist in time with my boy Adam Copeland because he is coming up next. We are going to be talking Giants baseball, NL West, reflecting on the last year and talking some mu- music selection also. All that coming up next. You're listening to Passion for the Pastime Podcast. All right, and welcome back to the podcast. And on this episode of the podcast, I am talking with the great Adam Copeland of KMBR. What's up, Adam? And welcome back to the podcast because you're actually the first returning guest. So I don't know what that means. It means it means I'm your most frequent guest. It means <laughs> I'm most likely to appear on the podcast. So uh, it's good to be back, man. Good to be with you, Walter. Fun talking sports, man. Yeah, Especially dude. baseball season. Oh, yeah. Baseball season. We're going to get into all of that, man, because... I'm excited, you're excited, everybody is excited because we're kind of getting back to a little bit of normalcy, right, when it comes to sports, when it comes to baseball. And, you know, last year, somewhat around this time, because we we talked actually about a year ago, uh, it was right after the shutdown. We're getting right up into it. What do you remember going back a year ago, what what you were doing uh, prior to the shutdown? Uh, it's funny, dude, in talking about like doing podcasts, I remember the day kind of everything got shut down. I was in the middle of recording a podcast for the athletic and I was still doing an A's podcast called the Seamheads pod that is now since defunct, I believe, uh, with the athletic because they, they had to put a bunch of stuff on hold, obviously when the, uh, the pandemic hit, but I think as of the time we're recording this podcast right now, uh, we're exactly a year ago today and when Rudy Gobert sort of jokingly touched all those microphones yeah. from the, uh, for, like in, in front of the media at that at a media session. Shortly thereafter, we found out he tested positive for COVID. I think he gave Donovan Mitchell COVID-19, if I'm not mistaken. And then I remember like within days, like I was in the middle of recording that A's podcast and we started getting notifications like, oh dude, Tom Hanks has COVID. And he was sort of like the first celebrity. Remember that? He was like getting on a plane in Australia or getting off a plane in Australia and he got tested and he wasn't feeling well. And he was sort of the first celebrity. And I think to, to how different, and like, I, I know that we're still like at a heightened uh, fear of what it could do, but we know more about uh, coronavirus now, obviously, than we did then. And so I think when I look back, we were sort of freaked out, like, oh, damn, like Tom Hanks got it. Like, how serious is this? Is his life in jeopardy? We didn't know what the deal was with athletes getting it. And then once that happened, Adam Silver kind of shut down the NBA. And once the NBA shut down, sort of everything followed suit. I remember being at work at KMBR and we were like in the middle of shows and, and uh, I was hitting like the little Fox chime update from Murph and Mac because like every couple of minutes, a different conference basketball tournament was canceling itself. Right. And the big East tournament actually canceled itself at halftime of a game. Like yeah. they went to halftime and then 
pulled the kids off the court. So uh, it, it is just crazy, like how our minds work then, as far as like the unknown of it. And I think there's still that little unknown fear of when we're going to get back to normal. But it's uh, it definitely feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel now. It's crazy that a year ago we shut down, and today they're they're putting like a million vaccines in arms a day. So uh, pre- pretty impressive. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's crazy just when you look back on it uh, in sports, right? Because I was actually, I don't know if you remember this, but I was actually on BART, which is probably the worst place that you'd want to be during this pandemic. So, so I was, I was yeah. on BART when all this was going on. <laughs> Rudy Gobert test positive, and I'm just like, oh, my God. And the day after, because that was my last day at KMBR working promotions. Now I'm there with programming. But that was my last day that I was supposed to be working there. And I was going to head out to spring training the next day. So I, I haven't seen live baseball in a while, man. Like, it, it's it's crazy. And then I just think back, like, you go on ESPN, you go on all these, all uh, you know, the MLB app or NBA, and it just says canceled, canceled, canceled. I've never seen anything like that. It was, it was insane. Um, but, yeah, a year later, things have changed. I mean, we're still – you know, kind of tiptoeing around it, but you know, it's, it's starting to get a, a little better. Right. So, uh, as, as far as we're talking about returning to sports, um, fans returning to sports, we're getting excited. We're getting close to that point. Right. I mean, we're talking about possibly the Coliseum already giving the okay. We're going to get fans in, in Oracle park. I mean, how excited are you for that? Uh, I'm pretty stoked because as you mentioned, like, unless you got out to spring training for the first, what, like two weeks of games last year, and you were going pretty early because that would have been like second week of March. I mean, you figure like, I think baseball and everything got shut down March 13th was the day. That's the day I remember, like, they sent everybody home from work, as you said. Nobody was allowed to go anywhere. We, as part of the morning show, had gone out to spring training for a week, and so I'd actually gotten to see a couple of games. I was at Scottsdale Stadium. We were around the players. We interviewed players. We hung out at the ballpark, and then uh, I flew. It's funny in hindsight to think about this. You talk about being on BART and, like, how, like, would you have rather been, like, sitting in front of Rudy Gobert or been on BART when you found out how serious coronavirus was getting? Like, <laughs> where, what's what's the bigger cesspool in that moment? Right. I was in Vegas, like, minutes after we were in Scottsdale. So, uh, like, second or third, I was in Vegas touching everything I could get my hands on, and then we get back and, and everything closes. So you're right, man. Like, the fact that, that we're at a point where – and we're talking like more more normal amounts of fans is what I hope. And I know in the Bay Area, like it's going to come with with like little pockets, and we'll do the pods because you know you go to Texas now, everything's open. You go to some other states, everything's completely open, and that may not be the right move. But uh, the fact that they're going to put some fans in stadiums for the start of baseball season, I'm thrilled, dude. Like I'm stoked. I'm like you. I I, I got to be at ball games if if there's uh, uh you know a college baseball game being played and I'm in an area or a minor league game, I'm trying to get out to one of those. So, uh, yeah, I, I did not know or think that we were going to get fans as early as we may now in the Bay Area, but I guess the numbers are, are trending down and the more vaccines we get distributed, the more likely that happens. So even the idea we could get indoor fans potentially by like Warriors playoff time, that's pretty exciting. Oh, you're, you're optimistic that they're making the playoffs, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Well, uh, I I guess I guess it depends on like what seed we're talking, right? Like to guarantee you would get some home games, I think you'd have to be at least the the six out of the gate before that play-in tournament to get into that play-in tournament where you know the seven and the eight have to play, then the the nine and the ten. That's where it gets funky. But uh, yeah, I do think Warriors are going to the playoffs. It's just a matter. I actually don't think they'll be as bad as a ten seed, but uh, it's just a matter of how high they get. 
Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with the Warriors. Steph Curry, man, just put on a show a couple of days ago uh, with that three-point competition. I lo- love just seeing that guy, man. I, I need to give it. I've never been uh, to Chase Center, actually. Uh, I've never seen the Warriors play in Chase Center yet, so I'm still trying to still trying to to get that going. But um, how, I've, how, seen, how, uh, I've seen I've seen one Warrior game at Chase. I saw one uh, college basketball game at Chase. I saw USF play against like Princeton or something. They did like a a, a college basketball night, oh, yeah, and then I right. saw uh, Trevor Noah with my girlfriend at Chase, and she laughed a little bit too hard. She enjoyed Trevor Noah a little bit too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, you're laughing a little bit too hard. So. Right. Like, he's easy up. <laughs> Not that funny. Oh man, how soon are how soon are you planning on uh, heading out to the ballpark? Like we say, we get we get fans okayed opening day. You there opening day, double fisting some beer, man? Like what's what's your plan for it? My my thought is like if if they think it's safe enough now for me to go to a restaurant and eat outside, I don't know why it wouldn't be safe enough if they're only going like. You know, and I imagine it'll be small portions. I imagine it'll be like, you know, 2,000 or something fans. Or like, if they have a, like 1,000 at Scottsdale Stadium now, I imagine it'll be like some small, small percentage, right? And tickets will be really expensive. Uh, it's a matter of like how much media they've let into. Uh, I, I would personally be comfortable going. I'd wear a mask unless I was sipping the uh, the beer from either my left or my right fist. Um, but I also like, I, I also don't know when they'll start letting like huge droves in. If it'll be like mid-season when like tons more people are vaccinated. I wonder if like you'll have to show proof that you've been vaccinated because the Giants have this new uh, app system called like uh, like We Safe or I don't know Fan Safe something like that. Uh, they're just trying to monitor fan safety and and uh, like contact. I guess if for some reason somebody were to test positive, but uh, I don't know. Like I, I would feel pretty comfortable. I don't know that I'd want to go to Chase Center. I don't know that I want to sit in an arena yet. But being outdoors at a ball game, I'd feel pretty comfortable doing that. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm ready to go to spring training or not spring training. I'm ready to go to opening day like yesterday. You know what I mean? So, so I'm yeah. I'm I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited for where we're going. Um, a lot of upside. But hey, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had your co-host because, dude, you you do so many so many uh, projects for you know. You got your podcast for for the athletic. You have obviously yeah. KMBR. You got so many things that you have going on. Uh, I had your co-host on um, Carrie Crowley because you guys have a new podcast out there. And again, like your resume, dude, like it would take me half the podcast just to list everything that you do. Um, <laughs> so I had Carrie Crowley on here uh, not too long ago. We were talking uh, Giants baseball and we started yeah. talking about batting practice and the music selection because he went out there. And he was just like, oh, yeah, they're they're blasting some uh some Backstreet Boys and and Carly Rae Jensen and I'm just like what the what like is Carrie Crowley down with this? And I asked him like yeah. what would be his playlist? <laughs> and this dude came back with a reggaeton man. Like is he is he messing with me? Like or, or is that is that really how Carrie gets down? You know what's funny is Carrie being that we've like we've worked around each other now for so many years and we've gotten to know each other. It's the first project like you said that we've worked on with this podcast. We haven't gotten into like the 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 music realm for what either of us really enjoys. And what's sort of funny is like, I, I actually, first of all, I super endorse the reggae. I'm, I'm big on like common Kings, like uh like, you know, a mix with like, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, of basically my, my girlfriend's big on dance hall, like big Island music out near Australia. She's a, kind of an Island girl herself. So I'm really into that stuff. It's super chill. It's really mellow, but I think kind of what, what the giants are doing, if they're playing that music, it's really just to keep light. If you get a guy who's singing Backstreet Boys, like you know how much fun it looked like when uh, when when Mike McGlinchey and Joe Staley were 
We're singing Backstreet Boys. It's also, by the way, much cuter when you're going to Super Bowls. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't that cute when you're when you're losing involved. So, all fun and games, uh, singing Backstreet Boys and Carly Rae Jepsen, as long as guys are staying loose and getting their work in. But uh, now, Terry and I haven't gotten into the the music tip, but you may have given me an idea for uh, for one of our our uh, uh, like. I don't know, podcast assignments for this week. I may get into that with him. Yeah, dude. Reggaeton, it, it, it threw me off when he told me that. He's like, yeah, no, I get down with the reggaeton. And I was just like, Carrie, come on, Carrie, come on. Like, really? You're twisting I'm my down arm with, I'm, I can get down. I can get down with it. Like, I, I'm not – here's my thing with music, dude, is I grew up listening to a lot of sports on the radio and sports talk radio, and now I listen to a lot of podcasts, yeah. listen to a lot of books on tape. I just don't listen to tons of music in general, so I'm real bad with names. And then a song will play or music will come up, and I think I'm – I'm better versed in it, but when it comes to like coming up with music off top, I'm not great. But I will say, as far as the genre goes, I can get down with some reggae. <laughs> yeah, dude. well, well, so that that would be Carrie Crowley's playlist, right? The 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 reggaeton, you know. And what would be yeah, on yours? Yeah. What what would be on your your playlist? Like what what can I expect Ooh. on a on a playlist for Adam Copeland? You know what I what I would probably roll with, and I would I think I'd like I'd like to think that when it comes to music, I have a fairly eclectic taste. I think I would go with some older stuff. Stuff that, that's sort of in like the not the, the reggae genre, but more of like a, a some Motown, like a Smokey Robinson. I might come with like a, a Smokey Robinson oh, yeah. cruising. Cruisin', I might yeah, like lead yeah. it off with that. <laughs> yeah, cruising, sort of build it up, and then I don't know, maybe get into like uh, uh, we'd have to we'd have to mix in some like I definitely want some J Cole in there. I definitely want some Kendrick in there. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd probably sprinkle in like some Green Day. I was a big Green Day kid. Uh, you want you want to keep it eclectic. You want to keep everybody happy. And I think that's I think that's why people like Brandon Crawford as like the team DJ in the the locker room or in the clubhouse because you got to be able to to hit all different genres to keep everyone happy. But I don't think there's any one type of music I get locked into. So I'd probably open it up with some Motown and then cruise into some J Cole or some Lupe Fiasco. How's that? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of all over the place, man. I'm I'm digging that though. I'm digging the I'm digging the Motown. That's uh that's one of my favorite uh, music selections for sure. You can talk about Smokey Robinson, talk about the Temptation. I'm I'm good with all that, man. That's that's a yeah, some that's spinner a or something like that, man. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And you know my taste Supreme, of music at five whatever. in the morning. Yeah. You know my taste of music at five in the morning. I got some got some hip hop for you. Yeah, yeah, you gotta go. And here's the, and here's the thing, man. We got those music rotators that we use at work, like to play the beds when you come back. I like when the board up because I do it too. Like I like like when you can match a, a song with a topic we're talking about or something funny. Right. Like it, it's the creativity the board up gets to have, especially. So uh, no, I appreciate that, man. I love when you you can you can play whatever you want for those those free segments or whatever it is that we're coming back, <laughs> dude, man. Dude, you get free rain, Walter. I'm, I'm going uh, I'm going heavy on those three segments, bro. Those three rejoins that that's when I'm that's when I'm doing my best. All right, that's. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, and then you and then you hit the head, dude. Then you got to knock out and you knock out. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm falling asleep while you're doing the segment. Uh, we're talking with Adam Copeland here of KMBR and many other t- and many other projects, uh, but KMBR is where you know him mostly. Uh, let's get into the baseball talk, man. We've been talking a, a little bit on COVID and getting back into the stadiums for the fans, but NL West it's going to be looking really different this year. Um, yeah. and it was a really busy off season for SoCal residents for the Padres and the Dodgers. First, let's talk about the Padres. They bring in you Darvish. They bring in, uh, Blake Snell. I mean, who else have they brought in? They brought in a, a, a ton. It seems like a ton of people. Um, what, what are you looking at as far as the Padres, what their outlook is for 2021, uh, and beyond? Because I mean, they signed Fernando Tatis Jr. to that 14 year deal, massive deal, um, and by the end of it, I mean Tom Brady's still probably going to be winning Super Bowl. So how do you, how do you think uh, this is going to play out for the Padres? 
dude, you had to get NLS at Eastern Top Radio. I mean, just real quick, how funny was that when you got that like notification the other day that said Buccaneers uh, discussing extension with Tom Brady? I was like, well, <laughs> what are we doing? What the hell is this, man? I was like, this guy's going to be 44 years old. He just won a Super Bowl. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good to go. Lock me in for some more. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, the Padres are uh, – the Padres, it's funny. Like, you talk to certain, like, eras of Giants fans, and I, I think, like, the older – age Giants fan doesn't care so much about the Padres but for me and you like the Padres have always just kind of been a pain in my ass like they're never really really good but like 1998 or earlier from the mm-hmm. time I kind of came online as a baseball fan like Tony Gwynn was running the show you know what I mean right. they got Ken Caminetti over there then they get uh uh you know then, then they come up with this great pitching staff of Jake Peavy who's a Cyang award winner Adrian Gonzalez is going crazy Trevor Hoffman is a monster they used to have these three guys at the back end of the bullpen it was Trevor Hoffman closing they had Scott Linebrink and Rudy Sayanez, and then this other dude, Akinori Otsuka, who could come in in like the sixth inning and get them out of jams, and he had this weird double-tap pitching move. with it. it was just – it was funky, and it was like these guys are just a pain in our ass, and they're grinding their way to like 93 wins and a division crown each and every year. And, of course, Bruce Bochy's there, right? So, remember, Bochy gets the nod to come over to the Giants, and I like really was not super hyped on Bochy as like a managerial option. Like, he was such a middle-of-the-road dude. They went to the 98 World Series, just got run by the Yanks. And now all of a sudden, kind of out of nowhere, they retooled faster than the Giants, maybe because the Giants were still in this most recent era of, of World Series. And the Padres, you know, kind of got right with, with uh, uh, the farm system, building up to where they needed to go. And then they made a couple of huge splashes in free agency, and they did it quick, right? Like making the move where they get Fernando Tatis Jr. I don't know that everybody saw him as like this, this guy who was going to get a 14-year contract before he ever even played. I don't think he's played 162 games yet no. in his career. No, and the guy just got a 14-year contract that's out of this world, right? Astronomical. They gave a $300 million contract to Manny Machado, and yet they still have a top-10 farm system, and they were able to use some of those assets to get Blake Snell, uh, to get Hugh Darvish, as you mentioned, to get uh, Mike Clevenger is the other guy who's going to miss this year, but they went out and they added him too. So they went out and they got all these pieces. Now, I look at the Dodgers, and I think that's the model – franchise in baseball all these obviously have started to do things over the last five to seven years that way too and it's funny you go back to the Steinbrenner years they had Brian Cashman as their general manager then too so there's nothing to say that the general manager can't evolve with times and and move up the Giants just didn't do it and kind of fell behind the Yankees have done it with Brian Cashman who used to just be this big free agent spender go get every guy out there and then they built from within because it's the way baseball's done now the Padres have done that but they haven't won part of my language they haven't won shit yet right like <laughs> we saw the dodgers go eight straight division championships and they went to how many world series and just got one in a 60 game season and still had to add mookie bets a 300 million dollar contract last off season so padres are are up and coming i think they're next to the white Sox, maybe the, the youngest most exciting team in baseball they're gonna be really really fun to watch this year terrifying i just like it's tough to even think about them competing in that class yet but i think the padres are gonna I think it's totally still Dodgers division to lose this. Yeah, for sure. Let's just have them, you know, battle it out while we're retooling. We're getting all our stuff together up here in Northern California. And then we'll come in there with uh, with our version of, of Tatis Jr., Luciano, right? That's what everybody's calling yeah, him. You, yeah. you, you buying into that, though? Or are you buying into uh, Luciano possibly, be, you know, com- being compared to that Fernando Tatis Jr.? Or is it time to buy di- dial it back a little bit? Yeah, I mean, like, we, we have to be cognizant of the fact that he's 19 years old, right? Like, right. that's a huge deal. That said, 
Juan Soto came up at 19 years old a couple years ago and did things that only Mickey Mantle had done. Like only uh, some of the all-time great Hall of Fame players in the history of baseball in their first couple of seasons. And now this guy's viewed, like you do the MLB top 100 player list every year. This guy was like the number three player, the number two player behind Trap with, uh, with uh, what's his name, Ronald Acuna Jr., who also came up at like 19, 20 years old. So you've got all these young players. Like baseball is clearly t- – totally transitioned to being a young man's game, right? You turn 30 years old, it's like, oh boy, you want to give that guy a five or a six year contract? It just, it, it seems more rare. And I think we're going to bounce off of that. It can't, it's not sustainable forever to do it that way. I think we'll eventually end up with sort of a, a bounce back with how many old players are around. But I think as far as, as Luciano goes, the reason Giants fans are so excited is I don't know that they've ever had a prospect like this where everybody around the league top prospect, you know, analysts as far as uh, uh, Kylie McDaniel from ESPN and Keith Law of The Athletic are grading him. It's not just like the top prospect in the Giants system, but maybe one of and potentially the top prospect in baseball at some point in the next couple of years. And that's where the Giants fan, you're like, okay, how long has it been? Tim Lincecum was a, a college player, and he was supposed to be a big guy out of the draft. Uh, Buster Posey, you knew he was going to be a huge player. Joey Bart, number two pick in the draft. But to have one of these, like, hidden gems that was kind of found – by Bobby Evans as a parting gift is a sort of hilarious because we feel like Bobby <laughs> Evans kind of, kind of, you know, ruined this team or hurt this team a little bit at the end, but here comes Elliot Ramos, right? Here comes Sean Jelly. His legacy comes, lives uh, on, man. His uh, legacy. <laughs> yeah. Luciano, there's all these weapons and like he just right. sort of left behind potentially. So I think it's really, so I buy into it. I think obviously we have to be careful because he could get to the beans and, and be Jay Bruce. You know what I mean? He might, he might be a guy who hits 35 home runs and, doesn't hit for average and isn't a great fielder. Like it's not projecting that way, but you got to get it done at the big league level. He's still really young. The fact that he's like 220 pounds now though is, is really really exciting. His first start uh, was <laughs> was last week, right? His first start was last week yeah. against the Dodgers yeah. uh, on TV. And man, I was glued. Uh, and and this is a feeling that I haven't really had because we always talk about all right, who's that must watch at bat? It, yeah, it was. It was kind of Buster Posey, but for the longest time, obviously, in San Francisco, it was Barry Bonds, right? And when yeah. I was watching Luciano, I kind of had that feel. I'm not saying that he's a Barry Bonds, uh, you know, magnitude or anything like that at this point in his career. He's only 19. But from what I'm saying is the excitement of this guy. Uh, I was never I, – I don't think I've ever been as excited to watch three strikeouts ever in my life and that guy yeah. it, it was just yeah. it was electrifying I don't know I don't know what it was uh but Luciano man the Giants their their uh future I, th- I think it's pretty bright I think we're starting to see um what it could potentially be and then even uh Elliot Ramos I mean that guy went went yard a couple times uh in spring training already what are you thinking about this guy is he is he coming up uh this year as, as early as this year or is this more of a of a 2022 situation uh, look, like they're playing a lot of these young guys a lot. And the other day, I think it was yesterday, Dave Kapler said, like, they have no plans to really make cuts right now. And I think the reason is that um, there's no real minor league camp for these guys to break off to. Right? If you if you cut guys now from camp, they're going to end up going to your alternate site, which I don't believe is up and running yet, again, in Sacramento. It will be in the coming weeks. But there's no point in cutting these guys. These guys need work, right? The point is that Elliot Ramos probably would have played double-A, maybe some triple-A last year, and didn't get the work in because there was no spring season. So, yeah, he was at the alternate camp. So was Pat Bailey. So was Hunter Bishop. So was Joey Bart. A lot of these guys spent time there. That's not the same as getting in a, a minor league season. That's not the same as making adjustments in the fifth inning because they've brought in another pitcher or you're seeing the same pitcher 
the second time around, right? That's just not the same stuff. So I think there's a really legitimate shot that we see Elliot Ramos at the big league level this year. Could be because of injury. Could be that he that he sets the earth on fire. Like uh, I, I don't imagine that it would be some sort of service time holdover, though it would be tough to tell because he's also just 21 years old. But he looks like he's got big league bat speed so far in camp. Obviously, you mentioned the two home runs. They're they're going to need some sort of speedy. Uh, uh, maybe complement outfielder to what goes on in center field with Mauricio Dubon because there's going to be times where he plays some third or some short or second. I think they'd like some more right-handed batters, uh, hitters in the outfield, and, and Ramos fits that. But I think they want him to get work, and I think that work's going to come in the minors. So I think we'll see him later this year. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope we start seeing uh, Elia Ramos and some of these guys, Sean Jelly, yeah. all, all these uh, young prospects for the Giants. Because the what's brewing down there, I mean, we talked about the Padres, the Dodgers, every, you know, they're, they're still the best team in baseball, you know, 60-game season, uh, whatever. I don't I don't call it a World Series. You called it a World Series earlier. I'm not giving them that title. It's a 60-season 60 60 championship is what, is what I'm saying it is. Um, but – Trevor, it's, bu- they, it's bullshit, is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, total they, bull. That's how that's how I look at it. Like you're like that's funny. Like getting into media and like and like working around other teams and players. Like the players are totally humanized to me now. You know what I mean? Like right. when you're a kid, you're like these are like the big baseball men. They're just sort of mythical people. Like these guys are people. They're human beings. They have wives and kids. Like I would never like like you know wish ill or upon anybody. But also like if I could be a fan of one team, I, I'm gonna be like F the God. <laughs> I'm rooting against those guys every single day, all 162. Anybody they play, I want them to win. So, uh, yeah, that's where I stand on the Dodgers in the, in the BS championship. You know? <laughs> right. Well, they bring in uh, Trevor Bauer, one-eyed Trevor Bauer. What are you thinking on the outlook uh, of Bauer going into this year? Uh, dude, they, okay, like, it's so funny that he does that because it's like we knew he was going to be that guy. Like, this is – it's dude, honestly, it's really good for the Giants Dodgers rivalry because he's immediately a villain. We, oh, yeah. As much as, as Giants fans will never admit it, like you hate, you love to hate Yasiel Puig, right? Like he was one of the best guys to hate, one of the best guys to boo. Tommy Lasorda was was really respected by Giants fans when he passed this year because he loved to ham up the rivalry, right? He loved to do the slow walk to the mound. Like he wanted the fans to boo him. He wanted like the fans would cheer when he would wave to the bullpen. Like it was such a huge thing to like be a part of that rivalry. And the thing that sort of sucks about the Dodgers now is outside of, outside of like Justin Turner. And I know Giants fans would probably feel like Kike Hernandez too, who's now with Boston. There's not a whole lot of like really, really hateable Dodgers, right? Like, I, like Clayton Kershaw is like one of the all time greats. Like you love to hate him, but dude is really, really good. Like, right. well, are you, are you going to hate Mookie Betts? That guy is one of the sickest players ever, dude. Like I want to hate Mookie Betts and I want to hate the Dodgers with that guy on him. But Trevor Bauer makes it so much easier to dislike the Dodgers because even if you respect his ability, I think you're just kind of like, eh, blank this guy. Who does this guy think he is? You know what I mean? <laughs> who's this, who's this guy out here telling guys what he's going to throw pitching with one eye open uh, uh, you know, telling you, hey, here comes a fastball with his glove, and then throwing you a fastball. But then he gets you out. It's kind of like, it's kind of like Shaq calling the Sacramento Kings and Sacramento Queens, and then like, <laughs> like going and dropping forty on him. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what can you say when I do back to that? Uh, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the guy. I think he's an, an incredible pitcher, 
he's a, he's a little mouthy, which is funny because I'm a little mouthy. Maybe that's why I don't like him. But uh, I, <laughs> yes, think it's, I think it's going to be good for the rivalry. Clash. I think it's a positive thing for the giants Dodger rivalry. <laughs> Clashing personalities there. You're, you're going to go off on Trevor Bauer one day. <laughs> I, I, can, I can feel it. Yeah, we'd like get along, though. You know what I mean? Big personalities. <laughs> right, yes. right. Um, yeah, man. Well, I'm ready for this season. You getting ready for the, for our draft? I know I was talking to you earlier this morning. You getting ready for that? Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to need any players. I have so many good uh, keepers. I have, uh, I'm have i kind of stacked already. I might just not even show up, <laughs> but just roll in with the team I had. Well, I got I got Trevor Bauer on the trade blog if you, if you want him. One-eyed Bauer. <laughs> are, are you like that in fantasy? Do you not want to root for certain guys so you would, you would get rid of them? No, 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 I, I would keep him. Like I, I would, uh, you know, I would root for. Well, I wouldn't necessarily root for Cody Bellinger, but you know, if he's a good player, he's gonna help my team. Like I'll, I'll keep him. You know what I mean? But uh, Trevor Bauer, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I can get more value than what he's going to do this year. I feel like he, he really benefited from the short season. He really did. He got paid. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I think that's a good call, and he got cashed out. But I also think that's why it's a, it's a huge annual average annual value contract and it's not quite as long of a deal so he's going to get another one but it's all about his metrics is he still going to be pumping 99 through six innings or seven innings in a couple of years like he could be that scherzer verlander guy but it could also be a dude who flames out but he's he's got paid for sure yeah i'll trade you bauer for uh trevor story right now or or tatis you got tatis over there right i'll, I'll do that right now yeah i, I think I, I think i'll keep the guy who plays every day <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam. Well, thanks for coming on, man. It was fun talking baseball, getting ready for the season, and hopefully we're able to go out to the ballpark, get some beers, man, and uh, just have a good time, get back to what we know, and that's Giants baseball. Hopefully they uh, they start winning, right? You know, hopefully they're, they're a little bit better uh, than what they've been in the past. I think they're about 500. I think, I think I'm hoping for a 500 season. You know what You know what team is like the worst team to follow is the uh... – Let's see if it's 80 and 82. So would it be like 77 win team, like 77 and, and 85? Like that's a brutal team to follow. Yeah. I think you're like, you're never more than like two or three above 500. You got a five game losing streak mixed in there somewhere. I'm looking for like 80 to 83 wins. And I, and I think that's, that's trajectory up for the Giants with some young pieces coming. That's what I think. Excited. Thanks for coming on, Adam. Talk to you later, man. All right, man. Catch you later, bro. And again, that was Adam Copen for KMBR 104.5 and 680, the sports leader. Go ahead and check him out. Check out all his podcasts that he has going on with The Athletic, with KMBR.com. He has plenty of projects out there. You're not going to want to miss it. And also, give him a follow. If you enjoyed this uh, conversation, the S-stirring, give this guy a follow. Go follow him on Twitter, at Adam Cope, so you don't miss any of the S that he starts all baseball season long against the Dodgers and whoever else he feels like because that is just how Adam gets down. So I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I sure did. It was fun to have Adam back on once again to get ready for baseball season. I hope you guys are excited as I am. We're getting closer. We're halfway through spring training. And yes, fans may be in attendance opening day. You got to keep following that. And I will keep you posted for sure. But the positive thing is that it looks like we're getting back to a little bit of normalcy. We may be able to see some live baseball here at your respective home baseball parks, especially in San Francisco. And I cannot wait for it. And we will have a beer. I will tell you that. We will have a beer at the ballpark when it is time to do it. So you guys have a good one. Be safe. And I'll talk to you next time.